Hello friends, I hope everyone is doing well today and experiencing the beauty of God in your day and all around you. Um, I'm sitting outside my house actually on my front porch and you may be able to hear the cicadas. They are quite loud this morning and instead of being annoyed by it, I thought, you know what? We are told that all of nature is responding to God in praise. And so when I hear these cicadas going, I think they are just glorifying their creator. And it's a beautiful sound. Um, I've missed uh, being back with you for a few weeks. We've had uh, several things happen that have just kept us from getting the next podcast out. And I apologize for that. Hopefully now we will get back on track and have more available to you in um, every other week or so. That's my goal. But I am excited to have this uh, podcast available to you today. And I am trying going to try to keep this intro pretty short because I want to get right to it because it's actually going to have two parts to it. The first part is actually the second part of the last women's gathering that we had that I've told you about where my sister-in-law, Jessica Pagel, shared about how God called her to to this trip to Rwanda and kind of her story and her journey and getting there. And it's a great encouragement of just a step out in faith. But what's really cool is because of the delay of us getting this out, I she has actually gone on this trip already now and come home. So the second part of this podcast is actually going to be my interview with her once she's home. And getting to hear the fruition of her, of the faithfulness um, of her going and what God did there. And um, you're going to get to hear it in her voice through this podcast. But um, I have to tell you, sitting across from her and seeing her face as she shared these things and the, the smile on it and the tears in her eyes. Uh, was a true blessing to me, and I again, I know it'll come across through her words, because she did have an amazing experience, and all that God did there, so um, I'm excited to share this with you today, and I know that it will be a blessing for all that turn in, and just the one thing that I really have taken away from this with Jessica that has encouraged me, and I would encourage each of you in today It's just the power of saying yes to God, of not letting our fears, our insecurities, our questions, our inability to see how he's going to work it all out, stop us from saying yes when he's called us to something. It takes great trust, and we all have so many excuses that are valid that keep us... um, from stepping into what he's calling us to many times. But I have never, never once seen someone say yes, step out in faith and go for it and ever regret it. Never. So let that just sink into all of our hearts today um, that when God is calling us to it, man, not saying that it's always going to be easy, not saying that there's not going to be challenges, not saying that sometimes we are going to question and go, God, really, really, what are you doing here? But man, if we just stick with it um, and, and keep saying yes to the next step that he's calling us to, he will blow us away with what he has prepared for us. 
So keep listening. Keep opening your heart to what he has for you. And then let's all say a few more yeses in our lives as we try to follow him more fully. So thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to the next one too. It'll be out soon. And I love you all. Be blessed. Okay, so I think um, not, I would fight any of you on this that would uh, contradict me. I think I have the best sister-in-laws in the whole world. I grew up with three brothers, and then Jason had a little brother when we met, and I was like, I'm never going to have women in my life. And finally, these brothers and brother-in-laws started getting married, and I have scored each time that they have gotten married. And so, anyways, where is... One of my favorite sister-in-laws, get on up here, Jessica. Um, and this, I, I will tell you right now, it also helps because she probably would have turned anybody else down, but because she's related to me, she probably felt like she didn't have a choice because I know this is super out of her comfort zone, but I'm so thankful that you said yes, and yes, that's your microphone, um, because um, I am so inspired by her. And I have been, um, it, it, well, when you hear what she's about to do, you're going to feel the same as me because it takes a whole lot of courage to do what she's doing. So, um, first of all, everybody obviously now knows you're my sister-in-law, but tell them who you are and your fam about your family and all that stuff. Uh, I'm Jessica Pagel, and um, we've been here six years at Harper Tales and in Nashville six years, and... Uh, my bonus gift for marrying Caleb was Jennifer, <laughs> and um, been extremely thankful for that relationship. But um, I taught elementary school for six years, and now I'm here teaching at the preschool. And um, I've got three kiddos: Riley is nine, Morgan is seven, and Bo is two. And um, we just love going to Harpeth Hills here. We moved up here because we knew this church was going to grow us spiritually, and it has a lot, <laughs> and we're thankful for that. So tell us about your experience at If Gathering, because I feel like this is where this all started, but maybe, I mean, if you have things before If, you know, how, but I know that was a significant weekend for you. Yes. Um, I wanted to do If Gathering, I guess it's been going on for three or four years now, and um, I did not realize that you could actually listen to it online on your own. I thought you had to have a place to do it for you. Yeah. But um, anyway, I wanted to do it for a while, and so I was really excited when it um, came up here. And um, I just, I really liked, I guess two things, really, three things kind of stood out was um, when they had the, how many came, did a lot? Yeah, huh? a lot. Yeah. They had the panel, they had lots of different panels, but one of the first panels, there was a, um, a coach, and she was talking about how she just wanted to go be a missionary in Africa so bad, and prayed for it for years, and never happened, never happened, and she just thought, well, I'm just not a good enough Christian to be a missionary in Africa, and then she realized that being a coach is making just as much of an eternal mm -hmm. impact as yeah, she was awesome. a missionary in Africa and Jill Briscoe, mm -hmm. last name, Briscoe was yeah. amazing. I mean, the quote I keep seeing and that I just loved was, um, you go where you're sent, you stay where you're put, and you give what you've got. 
until you're done. And it's mm -hmm. just so amazing. And then, um, then when the If Rwanda trip came up, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I, I buy these t-shirts from this gal on Etsy, and she um, had just gone to Rwanda the same time we were in Ghana last fall. And, um, and so I got to follow her journey, and she went with this ministry that was offering the, um, the If Rwanda trip. And so that really stuck out to me and couldn't stop thinking about it afterwards as well. Mm -hmm. so. So then what happened next, though, because you, you kept thinking about it, but you didn't just let it stop there. So. Yes, I kept thinking about this Rwanda trip, and I've had the opportunity to go to Ghana twice, and um, now I just want to get to Africa any way I can. It doesn't matter <laughs> how, and I couldn't stop thinking about this trip. And then this girl I buy T-shirts from, she kept, she posted this picture of her trip there and she was like just so you know three dollars of all the sales go towards this ministry so if you can't go to Rwanda which if you can go you totally should go mm -hmm. you're still helping and so I was like well that's interesting but then I got an email from the if gathering people saying sign up for this trip if you want to and I hadn't even put in my name for it yet so I just um was like okay well I'll just see what Caleb thinks and so I asked him what he thought about it and he was like yeah you can you can apply you're not going to get picked for it I mean he, cause he was <laughs> like love when husbands are so encouraging <laughs> and, um, I mean thanks honey <laughs> he, he was just like you know we have no affiliation with this place we don't sponsor a child and he was like you know think of Harpeth Hills they're able to pull together even a small team like one or two percent of the women that go there to go on a trip and think of all the women that listen to if gathering if one percent apply that's not going to be analytical your, husbands so. <laughs> just, you know yeah like, I don't need to hear the odds <laughs> yes so and I, I I mean I didn't think so either but I knew I kept feeling this and it just kept popping up and so I just thought well I need to do my part and put it in God's hands, and then it's up to him to decide if I go or not. So um, I went through the application process, which was a lot, because it's open to anybody, so they've got to be really careful in their screening and stuff, and so there's a background check, and there's uh, scanning your passport, and giving them a credit card, and, uh, you know, just all this stuff you got to go through. So it, it, you can't just do it like in one evening, you got to keep up with it. And if I wouldn't work on it for a few days, I would get an email saying, oh, don't forget, da 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 da, da. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to finish it. And so then I got to the last day, and the last thing I had to do was give them a credit card on file. And I hadn't um, done that yet, so I called. And so when I called and the lady answered and um, brought up my name, she's like, oh, good, I was hoping you would call today, and I was just like, okay, that was weird, and because they kept saying, finish it, and that they had had record numbers apply for it, hundreds, and they only take 20, and so I was like, okay, well, this is not going to happen, so, um, so then I just completed it, and I felt peaceful about it because I did what I needed to do, and now it was up to God, so. That's right. So, um, well, and, and before you go on that, were there, were there ever times in that process where not just that, you know, you kind of thought you didn't want to get it, but did you ever think, well, what if I did? I mean, were there any fears or whatever in going forward, or was it more just like, 
I'm being obedient, but this isn't going to happen. But, you know, I mean, just. Uh, there's, yes, um, lots of fears of flying, first of all, because I absolutely do not like to fly. I have to I take some medicine that makes me talk in my sleep to people. <laughs> she does. <laughs> so, and I, it just, that is very nerve-wracking. Funding is very nerve-wracking. And leaving my kids, I mean, they, I rock Bo to sleep every night, and and they the girls handle it better because they understand what's going on. But Bo doesn't know what's going on. He just knows that I'm gone, and it's tough on Caleb when I'm gone for so long, and having other family come and help, and it's just a strain on everybody. So, thinking of putting my family through it again is a fear, and then not knowing a soul that's going on this trip because or. And not having the safety net of, oh, well, at least it's somebody I go to church with, and I will get to know them. It's people from anywhere, could be anybody, and it's a new country that I haven't been to, and it's flying to Africa. That's always a fear, no matter what. So, Mm -hmm. But I just, I knew if I kept having that feeling, I needed to do my part and see what God had in store. So what happened? Well, so what's uh, happening? on spring break, um, <laughs> I'm sitting on the beach with my oldest, Riley, and everyone else was off doing stuff, and I decided to check my email. We had some downtime, and I got the email that I got picked for the trip, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just started shaking, like, this cannot be real, cannot be real, and, um, <laughs> and so I told Riley, and she starts jumping up and down and makes up a song about mom going to Africa. <laughs> Sweet, so excited about it, and um, and so, but Satan's gonna get in where he can and make you doubt it. And so, I, before I say what I'm gonna say, I'll say my husband is very supportive, and he will be there with me every step of the way. <laughs> but the first thing, but. Said, <laughs> and using your husband to plant doubt in you is a good place to start because that's where you're going to look to for your encouragement. And um, so the first thing he says was, are you kidding? And then, (laughs) well, everyone else must not have completed the application. (laughs) Not the finest moment, you know. We still love you, Kayla, if you ever listen to this. (laughs) But so then I start thinking... Manny's right. I probably this is a mistake. I wasn't supposed to be put for this. And then my parents try their hardest to be excited, but there's like, okay, how much are you going to need from us this time? And when do you need us to watch the kids? And because that's you know. And so I'm thinking, man, I did this again to my family, and I made the wrong choice. And but um, but then. I search out where I know I'm going to get some encouragement, and I'm going to go to Joanna again. I text Joanna, and she gives me the words that I needed to hear in that moment to know that I've made the right choice, and um, and others that just gave me what I needed to know that, yes, I'm following the right path. I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So give us the details. Um, so it's July fifth uh, through the fourteenth. I leave on the fourth of July though, and but we get there the fifth, and um, it's with Africa New Life Ministries and in Rwanda there, and it's based out of the capital, and they've um, have a lot of different things that they do. They've got a church, and they've got a school, and a medical center, and a women's trade school, and uh, provide free 
uh, child care for the women there and teach them um, cosmopolity. Cosmetology. Okay, now we're all like, okay, they do hair and, hair. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then they and sewing as well, and um, and then they do feeding programs for the kids that go to the school, and then they have lots of other satellite places that have schools with sponsorships and stuff. And so, we haven't gotten our full itinerary yet, but we'll be working mostly with the women at the trade school. And um, and we also got an opportunity to start sponsoring a woman before we go so that we can mm. actually meet them when we go and and uh, visit with them. But they uh, started doing it shortly after the genocide happened there, and so they've just kind of been helping that country heal in that way since then. So I will find out next week what more specifically what I'll what be, doing, be doing, but I'm up for whatever. Mm -hmm. So so how has this experience so far? And you haven't even gone yet, so, you know, we're going to need a report yeah. after you get back. So just let you know. But I don't know if I like so, you that much to get back yeah. in front of people. <laughs> oh, well, see, now all these people are going to be after you to hear about it too. But so, but how has so far the journey affected you, your walk with God, your family? Like This... Um, when this acceptance came in a, a short little season where I just kept getting this message from different areas in my life of, you don't matter, you're not included, or we don't need you, or we, it, we don't really want you here. That just kept coming from so many different angles. And we all get that at some point, but it just over and over from so many different angles. And so I just knew God was trying to teach me to just want him, his approval, his company, and not to have to rely on others for that. And But that's nice to say, but what does that look like? And how do you feel? He's not inviting you out for coffee. He's not here <laughs> hugging you. How, what does that look like? How does that feel? How do you, What does that mean? And so I was just kind of deflated trying to figure that out and then I got the email and this is what it looks like you say mm -hmm. yes and he accepts you he picks you he mm -hmm. chose me he said yes you're it this trip needs you let's go and I had to say yes to something scary but then it got I got chosen and so this I mean I'm not adequate for this at all I I'm I have no skills for this, and I don't know how God will use me, but I'm open to whatever he's going to ask of me. And this this will be my third trip to Africa in 22 months, and clearly I can't stay away <laughs> now that I've gone once. And I don't have some big plan to to um, start a girl's home or rescue kids from slavery. And I don't know if um, this is going to be our grand story of how our family became missionaries in Africa. I don't know. And it may not. And it may not. It may be that my kids watching me do this will do something grand. Or it might be that someone here sees, well, look at this nobody who has no skills doing this. I can, I have skills, so I can go do this. 
And maybe that's what it's going to do. Say, well, she can do it. I can do that. I'm better. So maybe it's that. (laughs) Or maybe that, um, maybe it's just God knows that I need this to keep me in line with my walk and keep him first. I don't know, but I know that I have, when God gives me an opportunity, I have to say yes. And um, I said yes almost two years ago to Ghana because we came to this church wanting to grow. And I was very happy in my little Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I prayed to stay in my little Christian bubble. That was my prayer all the time. I don't want to go on mission trips. I don't want to do that. I just want to do the right thing and help out a lot and be fine right here and stay in my bubble. And this church did what we thought it was going to do, and my (laughs) prayer changed to, I do want to go on a mission trip sometime, but I want somebody to invite me. I know I won't just go on my own. And Melissa Logue, for my birthday, I don't know, four years ago, a long time ago, several years ago, gave me a globe with a little note pointing to Africa that said, go with me. And so then I knew I needed to say yes to that first trip to Ghana. And then after that, I was hooked. And because I was blessed so much more than anything else. And so now I can't say no to things like that because I want to be a part of the story. And even if it's something so small that you know, just going on a trip and helping out, I want to be a part of it. And and it's not, I mean, we, we all need somebody to pick us and to want us and to need us. And God, does, he wants you. He picks you. He chooses you. And all you have to do is say yes. And... After something good happens, after something bad happens, after you get that pit in your stomach when you know you should turn around and do something to help, then you get picked and you get chosen. And it's it once that happens, just like with Dana's story, and that, I mean, her joy is so great after that, and the blessing after you, you say yes is so much greater. And I can't stop saying yes now. <laughs> Good. We don't want you to. I think it's incredible. And, um, you know, the, the last question was like, what can we can specifically pray for? I think that the, there's a lot of things that are very obvious. Obviously, yes. we've got to get some funds raised and, you know, just your preparations. Well, God and, has provided. Good. <laughs> I mean, Amen. It's, Amen. That was something, you know, very troublesome to us and it's God has provided so it's not it's a non-issue anymore and wow why would I ever expect for it to be when he calls you but but I and so we are going to pray over you but I just loved it again when I just she's just asked me to start praying about it and told me she was going to I was like wow I mean you know there's so many times again that I hear of these things happen and you might get moved by them, but moved to then do something that courageous of just going across the world with people she doesn't know and all that. Um, uh, we just can't wait to hear what God's going to do in you. It's incredible. So let me pray over you and um, we just love you. We want to send you out with our blessing and our, 
and our support. Um, God, I thank you so much for Jessica. I thank you for the sincerity of her heart, um, for God, her her love for you, her how real she is about the things that she did not want to do, but yet, God, um, how that did not stop her, that she wants you more than what um, than her fears. She wants you more than she wants um, her bubble. Um, and God, we're just so thankful that she has said yes. And so, Lord, we pray for what's going to happen next now. I mean, you just, you keep being faithful in, in, in every step of the way, and we know you're going to continue to. But God, thank you for the funds that have come. Thank you for Riley's little happy dance song about it. And we just pray that Morgan and even Bo will also be so happy that mommy's gone to do this. Um, we pray that they that um, every preparation will will come easily and that, God, you would fill her with a real assurance of her purpose on this team and how she and her gifts and who you've created her to be is specifically picked and chosen and um, will be used just as they need to be on this for the women she will encounter, for the children she will encounter, just all the things that you have prepared that she doesn't even know yet. God, just fill her with everything she needs to fulfill that purpose. Um, Keep her safe and healthy. Keep her family safe and healthy while she's gone. And um, God, we just can't wait to hear about it when she gets back. Um, God, whatever it is that you're going to do with this, um, just bring it all to fruition. And we know that um, eternity will be changed because of her saying yes in this trip in some way. And so we give you glory and thanks in advance for that. So thank you for all you're going to do and just fill Jessica with your peace and, um, and your purpose as she goes forward. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, I am so excited to be sitting here with my sister-in-law, Jessica, today and getting to talk to her as she has returned recently from her trip to Rwanda. And I've gotten just some bits and pieces of it so far, but we're going to just talk today about her trip so you guys can hear about it as well. I know many of you, like me, were praying for her and supported her in this. And um, we got to hear at the last women's gathering kind of the story of God that led her to this trip. And that was kind of part one of this podcast. And then uh, part two is now going to be this interview uh, of her returning and what God did in her trip there. And um, so I'm just going to ask you some questions, Jessica, and we'll go from there. So you've been home how long now? Um, I think about three or four weeks now. Okay. And you were there how long? We were, I was gone 10 days on the ground, eight days. Okay. So tell everybody exactly where Rwanda is in Africa. Well, its nickname is the heart of Africa Mm -hmm. because it is kind of smack dab in the middle. So it's kind of next to Uganda and the Congo and um, just kind of buried in lush jungle and hills and just really beautiful. Oh, I bet it is beautiful for sure. So tell us about the ministry itself. We know that it kind of came about through the IF gathering and all that, but um, it's Africa New Life Ministries. Is that right? Yes, Africa New Life. And when we were there, we got to hear from the founder and his wife about how it got started, which was really cool because he was actually in seminary and Oregon and this um, ministry was just an idea of a school project that he had to do. Oh wow! And 
So um, he kind of went with it, and they didn't have much money. They were living in a basement of a friend, and um, they someone gifted them with a thousand dollars to just help them make it through the month. But he really had this heart and this dream for this ministry, and so they took that thousand dollars and started sponsoring eight children. Wow. And now today, they sponsor 8,500 children across <laughs> wow. Rwanda. That's what you call a loaves and fishes, yes. you know? <laughs> yes, and um, his wife was just kind of spoke to our heart as moms and wives and women of just, you know, uh, he had this vision and this dream, but it, it was a sacrifice for them to mm. give up things for themselves so that they could do it. But she was mm. faithful to what God was calling them to, and they've just been blessed abundantly in this ministry mm. and in their lives since then. And it's grown from a child sponsorship um, program to also supporting women through trade school, uh, sewing and cosmetology, and um, and they have uh, several other ministry churches and things that they do to support the communities around Rwanda. So wow, really amazing. <laughs> yeah, so glad you got to meet him and hear that story, for sure. So you particularly though, your team was there to work with some of the women in one of the trade schools, right? Yes, they. We got to meet the current class and we got to worship with them and mm -hmm. do a lunch with them. And they broke us into smaller groups with the translator so we could get to know. Them. Them, which was a really sweet time to get to see and um, one really sweet thing when we were worshiping with them they sang uh, leaning on the everlasting mm. arms but in their language and mm. we of course just instantly connected with having the same scripture and mm -hmm. it was just amazing to get to be with them but um, what the uh, African New Life wanted us to do particularly was to do home visits for the upcoming class of 2018 mm. so that we could then advocate to get them scholarships for next year. Oh, wow. And so they'll start in January? They or? start in January, graduate in December. Okay, and, so it's um, a year program. A year program. And um, they're trying to revamp the system because um, when you sponsor a child, it's very easy to continue your sponsorship because they continue to go to school every year. Mm -hmm. And with a woman, they graduate and then you think you're done with the sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And for that woman, that's true, but a new class of women will come up. And mm -hmm. so they're trying to change the idea of it is that you are giving towards a scholarship that you continue to give towards with each new group of women that come through. Sure. That makes sense. Definitely. So what all, uh, did these women live there for a year or do they go back home at they, night or how they does live, that work? Uh, they live in Kigali where the school is the capital and they will walk, um, one to four hours was the the longest walk that we learned about uh, to get to the school. So wow. one of the women we picked up at 8.30, and she had been walking there since 4.30 in the morning wow. <laughs> to meet us there, to then get on a bus and tell the driver how to get back to her home. So she mm. walked all that way just to take us back to her home mm. and with a baby on her back. <laughs> so Goodness. Um, this school... They do a half-day class for them because since they're in school, they need to also continue to support themselves, and mm -hmm. so they work the other half 
of the day that they're not in school. Okay. And then they provide daycare for children that are five and under that okay. aren't in school. So, and the daycare's included for them and they disciple them as well and mm. have uh, weekly devotionals and to speak truth over them and pray with them and teach them so much more than sewing and cosmetology while yeah. they're there. So. But when they graduate, then they have this skill yes. and they can they be hired. And... and they, if they're sewing, they get a sewing machine. And if they're hmm. in the beauty school, they get all the tools they need to start their own business. Oh, wow. That is exciting. Yes. For sure. Very cool. So you went to the homes and made visits with these women. So tell us about that. And did you meet one in particular that, well, I already know I'm asking this question, but I know she met one in particular that meant a whole lot to her. So yes, we uh, each, we broke into uh, two different groups and we took uh, two days, two and a half days to do this because, uh, the current class has 70, but there's 33 signed up for next year so far. Okay. So we wanted to visit all of them, and we wow. did get it done. So we broke up into smaller groups so we could go in different directions and get more home visits in. And each one is just a heartbreaking story that is waiting for God to redeem. Mm. And... Um, I mean, some of them have a good support system. We met one one girl, real sweet. And I mean, these, these women are as young as 16. Hmm. And then the oldest one we met, I think, was 40. So okay. just kind of a variety of ages. But um, this one we met, she's a housemaid and um, for an older lady and... Uh, her and the older woman's daughter and they fully support her to go to this school because some of the employers don't really support them or want them to go because it takes away from Mm -hmm. this uh, job that they're doing but this one they did support but her I mean her story she's uh, been apart from her parents for all her father left when she was a baby and then her mother had three additional children with another man and her mother is an alcoholic and won't take care of the children but they don't live in the same town and so her dream is to go to school so that she can take care of her siblings mm-hmm. and um and get her mom the help and support she needs so um and then there's other places that we go that um they just do not have they're not in a good situation one of the girls we visited is 17 and she lives with her older sister so they're the only girls that live in this five bedroom complex thing and um and the rest are men and it seemed like a very not good situation for her and her Mm. sister and one of the men that lives there kind of hovered in the corner the whole time we're there and so the idea of her getting a scholarship to go to this school to get her and her sister out of this situation Mm. is just life-changing yes (laughs) you just want to help them yeah um another story one of the uh women she was born smack dab in the middle of the genocide Mm. and um, her parents were killed in the genocide and then her adoptive parents were also also died and so she's been orphaned twice her and her uh, brother i believe and um so she lives as a housemaid now and it's um not the best situation and um 
because she's a house made for a male and we just kind of got the impression that it wasn't a good situation mm. and he's not super supportive of her doing this but she's doing it anyway so another one that I mean each of these stories are just you know Ugh. you want to help them get out of it Absolutely. and they're working their hardest to get out of the situation and when you do a scholarship for a woman it's not sponsoring a child is a wonderful thing and life-changing for a child and it helps their family too and when you sponsor a woman you're cha you're breaking the poverty cycle for the whole family right and so it's just to know that we're going to be helping these families mm -hmm. in that way but um i guess i'll talk about nadia yes <laughs> yes so um the the day before we started doing these home visits, um, they passed out cards of all the women that were needing sponsors for this upcoming class. And we had an opportunity to kind of read over their stories before we left on the trip, but um, I hadn't picked one. And Caleb and I had decided when I got there and met some women, I would pick one while I was there to sponsor. And, um, and so, but they kind of wanted us to pick before we started our home visit so we could make sure that we went to, got on the right bus to go see the right woman mm -hmm. that we had chosen. And so I narrowed it down to two women and um, they both were around my age and married with kids. And uh, I just, I needed to pick one. So I just picked Nadia, <laughs> not for any particular reason. Right. And, um, and so when she got on the bus, I was trying to pick her out because there were a bunch of them just kind of lined up waiting to see which bus to go on. And she was wearing the exact same outfit as on her card, so it made it really oh. easy to find her. And so she took us to her home, and um, we had to walk down a dirt path for quite a while to get to it. And she has five kids, and the mm. two older ones were at school, but... Uh, the three younger ones were at home waiting for her and um so we she invited us in and we sat down and she we have a translator you know and she just kind of told us how she heard about the program and she goes to the african new life church in kigali and um had heard about the program through them and um she just um she and her husband just go out each day trying to find work for the day to help them make it through. And she's home with the kids mostly, but when she's not, she um, tries to find digging jobs. So mm. I guess on work sites, <laughs> but wow. whatever they can do to make it by. And so um, anyway, she shared that she rents a house from a uh, brother-in-law but not sure how long they'll get to stay there because the brother-in-law doesn't want them there for very long and so she just kept saying that she wants to do this program so she can have a home to raise her kids and so <laughs> she can have a home for her family and I burst into tears because since we moved to Nashville we were not able to get a home for our family and mm -hmm. um, we just we felt like we were being attacked but we just God had some lessons for us to learn and after five years and 11 months of living here we were finally able to get a home for our family and um, I knew her pain of right. what it's like not to have a home to raise your kids in and mm -hmm. not sure if you're going to be able to stay in the home that you're renting and and just that unsteady feeling of not having a place yeah. that's yours and um 
And so I looked at her <laughs> with tears in my eyes and told the translator to tell her I didn't have a home for my family either. And I know her pain and we are sisters. And <laughs> she burst into tears and I burst into tears. And, oh. um, we just had this instant connection and uh, we shared scripture with each other and prayed, got to pray for her and her family. And, um, we, Caleb and I had decided before I went that we were going to sponsor one, make whatever kind of financial sacrifices we need to, to do it. And so then I got to look at her and say, I am going to sponsor you, which was just so amazing. And uh, so, um, wow. it, it was random for me that I chose her, but not for God. Not at all. <laughs> You've so been playing just, in that a long yes, time. And so it's just to wow. know that that I've actually wrapped my arms around this woman yes. and we are going to be helping their family in a small way to <sighs> change their life path is just so forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, changing her life, changing her husband, those five kids and future generations. I mean, it's, you can't even fathom, I guess, all the ways that this is going to be life-changing for them. And man, I would have given anything to be in that moment. And seeing, <laughs> I, seeing your face when she said that, seeing her face when you said that, and just, oh, beautiful, beautiful things. And who knew when you were going through all those five years of why, God, are we renting and having to go through this and the uncertainty and moving and moving and all that, did he have this beautiful, beautiful <laughs> appointment out in the future of you on the other side of the world just waiting for you? Yes. I mean, it's just such a cool thing about God. Yes, so, so cool. <laughs> so you obviously would highly recommend someone getting involved in sponsoring this these women. Yes, I mean... A child is wonderful to sponsor too, and they have a great program going with that as well. And um, but I, it was really impactful to get to meet these women and their families and see their home, and to know that this child that they're carrying on their back were changing the path for mm -hmm. everybody by doing this scholarship so yeah so how if anybody was interested in helping in this now you don't have to take on the full sponsorship of a woman to be involved right you could right. do a partial scholarship yeah. or whatever it's 150 per month for a woman and um but they will take any amount if you can mm -hmm. do ten dollars a month they will put it towards a woman if you can get six friends together and you each do 25 and mm -hmm. to sponsor a woman each month they'll do that but they or you need to do like one big one-time donation they mm -hmm. will do that as well and okay um i mean they, they will work with you to take whatever help they can get absolutely and this ministry um 90% of what you give goes straight to that person. And yeah. They only take 10% for it. And they actually fundraise their salaries, the workers do. Right. So, yeah. Um, and women that don't get sponsored, they have a fund that they fundraise for as well to help the ones that aren't sponsored to yeah. help for kids and for the women. So, mm -hmm. wow. So it's a good thing to get involved in. For real. So, would we go to Africa New Life Ministries website or would we go through IF yes. Gathering or um, how? what would we do? No, you would go through Africa New Life, but they have a specific site set up for these women that are coming up in this class okay um that i can share um, yeah yeah or 
email yeah. it out or I, it's I, on my Instagram. Okay, so that. if you follow <laughs> Jessica on Instagram, go to her Instagram and you can see it or you can contact her or me and we can get it to you if you are interested because um, I think a lot of times people are, there's so many good things out there, but there's something about having a personal connection with somebody and knowing that ministry that, um, and maybe if you've been looking for a way to really help uh, women out there. So tell a little bit, um, I know that your your last day there had a huge impact on you and particularly one place you visited that um, relates to the, the story of Rwanda and the country. And a lot of people may not even know what the country's been through and, and you don't have to get into all of it, but I think it does obviously frame what happened on that last day that you were there by understanding a little bit. So why don't you, you tell about that? Well, um, if you don't know, Rwanda had a terrible 90 day genocide that happened in 94, 1994. And, um, a million people were killed. It was between the Hutu and Tutsi people. And it was just kind of government propaganda that had built up over a while against the Tutsi people. And the president's plane was shot down and that just everything broke out after that. So and a million so, people were killed in 90 days. Yes. It's just unreal. <laughs> and, yeah. um, it's, it, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't just killings. It right. was, they wanted them to suffer. And yeah. so they would not, if you could pay someone to shoot you <laughs> instead of how they would like to kill you, which mm. is make you suffer. And wow. so, this went on and then the government worked, new government came in and worked to change this. And now if you ask somebody, you know, well, you can't, you don't ask them obviously, but they all say we are not Hutu or Tutsi anymore. We are all Rwandan and we are all one. And they wow. have been working since then. And if you meet these people, they're just very gentle, soft-spoken, kind, warm people. And to know that they came from this deep place of hurt and to see how they're working together and the forgiveness and the grace, it's just inspiring. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I told you this, but one of the stories we heard was about a woman, um, a man had killed all of her family. And after he was tried and went to jail, he wanted to find her to apologize for what he had done. And so he found her and apologized. She shared the gospel with him and they became friends and then down the road got married and had <laughs> children. And the forgiveness it takes for that, I just can't even mm. fathom. No, no. <laughs> and so that's this country. And um, on the last day I met Nadia, that was the beginning. We came back mm -hmm. to the guest house for lunch and then we headed out to Bujasera, which is another community where um, African New Life has a church and a school and a presence there. And 70% um, of this community was killed during the genocide. Mm. And um, so it was a very hard hit area and a lot of um, picking up to do after it was over. So they took us to the Nehemiah church there. And um, this church was where 10,000 people were killed. Mm. They had gone to the church for sanctuary and then were killed and um, they've left it a lot, haven't really touched much to change it. So you can see bullet holes and divots and the bricks and stuff. And so 
and they've left the clothes out of all the people that were killed there. It just covers all the pews when you walk in. Mm. And um, wow. a lot more, even more graphic things, but it's just, it's very heavy, very difficult to see. And they, um, our mission trip people had planned it so that we would go play with kids afterwards because yeah. it was so heavy. Yeah. So we left that church, and um, I told you this before, it's just, it's hard to see, but it's important to see so that mm -hmm. you can appreciate where this country is now. Yes. And learn from their example, too. Mm -hmm. And so um, then we went to the Bujasera Church and School and went to the offices and got to hear about the how many kids they sponsor and their program they're running and all that. And then we toured the church building, and then they took us outside to see the gardens and where they're building a high school. And while we were walking back, we noticed this kind of concrete slab with a metal sliding door over it. And so we asked what it was and and um, the man leading our tour said, oh, it's our baptistry. We just finished construction and had our first baptisms this Sunday and baptized 22 people. And we said, oh, that's so cool. Can we slide it open and see? And he said, oh no, it's locked. And then one of our team members said, uh, no, it's not, and slid the door open with their foot. <laughs> so we slid it open. Yay for an observant team <laughs> member. <laughs> so um, then one of our other team members said, oh, man, I was supposed to get baptized on the Sunday before we left because their church does a baptism Sunday, and they something didn't work out, and the church canceled it and rescheduled it for August. And so she said, I'm so bummed because I wanted to go on my trip baptized. And, yeah. And so... Um, then another team member said, well, can she be baptized here? <laughs> and uh, and he said, yes, I'll go find someone to turn on the water. And so we just couldn't believe it. And uh, it was just like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Wow. And, um, here is water. What would prevent yes, me from doing this? Exactly. Oh, that's so awesome. He found the person to turn on the key to get the water going. And so then um, we found out that the pastor at the church in Kigali was in town for uh, in Bujasera for a meeting and he was supposed to have been gone 45 minutes before that but he was in his car sitting on his phone and heard about this of course he's still said, there well, I want to come baptize her so he comes <laughs> over and then it happened to be the day that the worship team was practicing in the church so they come out to of lead course <laughs> all the school kids got out of school when we started filling up Aww. the water so they all come running over to see what's going on and playing with the kids and mm. um, it had been cloudy all day long and when we start filling up the baptistry the sun of course burst through of course while we're worshiping with the team and then um, one of our team members was chilly that morning and decided to bring an extra shirt in her backpack and hadn't no one had packed extra anything <laughs> every day but she happened to have an extra shirt in her backpack there you go change your clothes yeah. And so, um, oh, perfectly things, designed. Yes, came together. And what the pastor was saying was that this, we weren't planning to use this water to fill up the baptistry again, but this was a gift from the Holy Spirit. And so yeah. we are going to take this gift. And oh. so, with the children all around and our team all around mm. and the worship team leading us in worship, she was baptized. And, um, Mm. One really cool thing that we got to bring home with us was a picture, <laughs> and um, one of our team members was trying to take a picture of a man that was just worshiping so beautifully during the baptism, 
And every time that she would try and take it, this beam of light was shining on her phone, but she couldn't see it outside of her phone. And no matter what angle or how she would try to take it, the beam was, of light was there. And so we shared this picture and it's just crazy. It, I, I will have to tell you when I, Jessica showed me this picture and uh, anybody that knows me knows that I am not short for words very often, but I truly was speechless. This picture captures what was happening in the heavenly realms that we don't get to see with our naked eyes so often, but it is absolutely there. And the heavens were stirring and were shining down on this holy moment. And I'm just telling you, I don't care if Jessica gets bombarded for weeks at church. When you see her, you must go to her and say, show me the picture. And she will know exactly what you're talking about because it's truly one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in it's, my life. It's amazing. It was a gift. The whole thing was a gift, but that picture too, where you can just see that God was there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and one of our team members put it so perfectly about that day. We went from extreme death to new life. In that yes. Day. And it yes. was just... It was amazing, and we, yes. we were all just bawling, and um, one other little neat thing I told you was in the church, they have one scripture posted, and it's from Isaiah, and that's also what the Ethiopian eunuch was reading when Philip found him, so it was just, <laughs> God had orchestrated this whole thing, and it was yeah. just, we were all in awe, and we couldn't. Yep believe what God had blessed us with on our last full mm. day there. It's just amazing. Just, it is. <laughs> it is. And it's one of the things that I love so much about you know, short-term missions. And because there are people that are like, well, you can do all, you can serve God and be on mission for Him right at home. Absolutely. And we should. If we are only doing foreign short-term missions, we are not fully living into our calling. It's right here at home too. But there are just gifts that God has on both sides. I mean, for the Rwandan people that y'all brought to them, life-changing things, but then for you, life-changing things for you, like that moment that just cannot be manufactured in any other way. And uh, so I just encourage everybody to get over your fears or whatever that keeps you from this because Jessica I can tell you're changed forever and therefore so is Caleb and those three sweet kids that are in the other room that are trying to be quiet while we <laughs> while we um, feel, uh, record this and 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 all of us that are around you and um, I know you want to thank those that supported you for going because it truly was life-changing yes. for you it, I worried with it being I mean this was my third trip trip to Africa in 22 months yep. and I just worried that it you know it wasn't gonna be as moving I knew it would be good but you know yeah I never go into it expecting the heavens to open while someone's right <laughs> but I mean God just blessed it so much mm -hmm. and the people who prayed for me or helped financially just the gift that they gave me and doing mm. that, I just can't ever repay or thank enough mm -hmm. because it just blessed and changed us so much. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's, let's pray, um, over this ministry. Let's pray over Nadia and just give God thanks for all he did. God, we do give you thanks. We praise you for answering 
all of our prayers beyond what we could have prayed. We prayed for safety and health for Jessica, and you provided that. We prayed that her family would be well taken care of while you while she was gone, you provided that. We prayed that she would know exactly why she went and would be able to live into the fullness of her calling there. And God, again, you blew it out of the water as you always do, God, with leading Jessica to Nadia and how their stories just um, converge so perfectly and and allow that sponsorship to happen. And God, we we pray for Nadia and her family as she begins this this year of schooling and learning and that God, you would just help her in her studies and help her as she learns and take care of her family while she's devoted to this and um, just provide for them. God, we want them to have a home of their own. And we pray that that will be provided by what she's able to do with going to school there. Um, God, I pray for blessings on Jessica and her family as they sponsor her, that you would abundantly give them back everything that they give out. That God, if you're stern on anybody else's heart to sponsor some of the women there, that you would move them to do that, and you would get all these ladies um, sponsored as they uh, start school in January, and we pray your blessings continued on this Africa New Life ministry that started with eight, and now are 8,500 and beyond, and God, you do that. You do that over and over again. God, I pray for the young woman who was baptized there, and just that holy moment that, God, you are you were growing her up and just the way that you strengthened all of that. Everybody that was there strengthened their faith by that beautiful moment. And God, just help us all have the courage as Jessica did to just say yes to you, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we have no idea how it's all going to work out or how you're going to provide for it. God, um, you have so many things in store for us if we would just say yes. And so thank you that you chose Jessica for this. And thank you that you choose all of us to be yours. And um, May we live more fully into our chosenness every day. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.